If you have your Bibles, open with me to John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, Jesus has uh, risen from the dead. He's now interacting and and ministering to his disciples uh, during that 40-day period before his ascension. And in verse 19 of John chapter 20, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews... Jesus came and stood in the midst. And so here it was, the first day of the week, it's a Sunday, which is why we gather for worship on Sundays as a church traditionally, is is because of the, the New Testament church, it's because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday, and we celebrate that. And so it isn't just Easter every year that we celebrate the resurrection, it's really every Sunday. We get together and we celebrate what Jesus did, and I love the fact that Jesus is there in their midst. Now, you guys know and, and hopefully you understand that as a, as a believer, as a Christian, that Jesus is with you all the time. That he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That he lives in your heart. That you have a relationship with him. That you can open the word and he'll speak to you. But here's the thing. There's something really cool about the gathering together of Christians. When, when we get together as believers... In, in the presence of God is here in our midst and we worship Him like we did this morning and, and we open the Word together and we fellowship. My prayer every week is that Jesus would be in our midst and that He would speak to us, that we would meet Him in a powerful way, that He would reveal Himself to us in a way that maybe He never has before and that you would leave here, you guys, knowing Jesus better than you ever have before. See, as a... As a leadership, as your pastor, my, my goal is not to simply get together to just have church, to play some songs, to have a Bible study, to give money, and to go out to lunch. That, that isn't my goal for you guys. My goal is, is that you guys will come into a deep and meaningful and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That it, that it isn't just routine, that it isn't religion, but that it's a relationship that extends far beyond our time together here on a weekly basis. And you guys have heard me say it before, but if you're just coming here to put a notch in your belt and, and, and to think that, that God is happy with you because you came to church, you really are wasting your time. Because this, this isn't about uh, putting a notch in your belt. This isn't about uh, pleasing God. This isn't about making God accept you. This is about coming together because you have a relationship with God. Because He already accepts you. Because He loves you. Because the work is finished. See, you're not earning favor with God. You already have it. And you guys, once you grab a hold of that concept, once you grab a hold of the fact that you already have favor with God and that there is nothing you can do to make him love you more than he already does. Once you grab hold of that and it grabs a hold of you, going to church is no longer a drudgery. It's no longer routine. It's no longer, oh, I've got so many other things to do. Giving to the Lord is no longer, oh man, I really wanted to buy, you know, a tank of gas or whatever. I mean, who knows what you buy, you know, but an iPod or clothes. It's no longer thinking that way. It's now like, Lord, 
I want to serve you, God. I want to give so that more people will know you, so that people are ministered to because of what's happened in my heart. It's just an expression. It's a, it's a byproduct of that. And when, when you buy into that, and it, when that concept grips your heart, you don't read the bulletin the same anymore. It, it isn't, oh, yeah, um, they need help in the children's ministry. Somebody else will do it. It's, it's now, Lord, I want to minister to those kids. I want to give those kids Jesus. It, it isn't babysitting. It isn't just let's, let's uh, corral these kids and keep them from killing one another. It's, man, I, I want to give these kids Jesus because he's gripped my heart. And you see that there's a need for the church to be clean. And it's, it's no longer, you know what, uh, I guess I'll go down there and, and do that because somebody's got to do it. And, and, you know, this is just uh, really stupid, but I guess I'll do it. No, now it's, Lord, I, I want the place to be cleaned and organized because I would hate for anything to get in the way of you showing up and revealing yourself to people. And so if I can help in a small way by organizing the chairs and keeping things clean and organized and that the toilet doesn't look like that outhouse that Ryan and Stuart rode home in, <laughs> Lord, that's, that's what I want to do and I want to help. You see what I'm saying? It changes everything. You guys, has Jesus shown up in your life? Has he shown up in the midst of your life? Do you know him? Has he gripped your heart? Man, my passion is that he shows up here every week. And that he ministers to you. And that he reveals himself to you. And that you leave here knowing him better than you ever have before. And he said to them, peace be with you. They're they're afraid because they saw what happened to Jesus. And they're thinking, we're next. That's what's going on. They don't know what to do. They want to they do what Jesus told them to, which was go and, and spread the gospel. They, they want to be used by him. They want to take it forward, but they don't know how. They're clueless. They're afraid. And maybe that describes you. As you hear these girls share about what they did in, in Mexico and, and the opportunities that are there. And in the opportunities for you to serve God. As you hear Gabe share about what God did in his life. And, and, and the opportunity to be a part of missions. And, and maybe you're, you're, you're thinking, Lord, I, I want to do that. I, I want to do what Ryan's saying. I, I want you to grip my heart. And I want to, to have ministry be a byproduct. But I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. I'm clueless. And Jesus says to you, peace be with you. Just step out and allow me to work through you. Allow me to flow through you. You see, you guys, I don't want you to leave here this morning as we talk about missions and as we talk about serving God. I don't want you to leave here any morning with this concept, but especially this morning. I don't want you to think that you've got to go do something for God so that he will love you. I don't want you to think that, that you need to go and, and be creative and figure it out and there's something out there and, and you've got to make it happen. Ephesians 2.10 is one of my favorite verses. It says that we are his workmanship. His poema is the, the Greek word. We're his poem. We're his work of art. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created to work for God. You were created to serve God. Do you know that? Do you guys know that you weren't created to simply be a carpenter or Uh, an office administrator or a teacher or a businessman. You weren't created for that. You were created to serve God. And the thing that you do, if you're a homemaker or a salesman 
The thing that you do, you guys, is simply the medium by which God wants you to serve him. And you have a unique opportunity on a daily basis to minister to people. You're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And you know what? The verse goes on to say, for which he created beforehand that you might walk in them. You guys, the thing that God has for you has already been created and you just need to walk in it. You just need to step out and to say, Lord, I'm willing, I'm available, I want to serve you. I want to I give people Jesus. And so, Lord, I'm going to step out. You know what, God? I'm going to help at Sunfest this week. I'm going to help with the kids. And Lord, I don't know what to do or how to do it, but I'm going to help. I'm going to, I'm going to step up to help in children's ministry. I'm going to help in, in that ministry that maybe is on your heart. And as you step out, you guys, the good works will just flow forth from it. You don't have to go be creative. You don't have to go make it happen. He already made it happen. And he just wants you to walk in it. And he'll patiently wait for you to do it. You don't have to, to beat yourself up about what God's will is. God's will for you is to love Jesus with all of your heart. And then go serve him. And when you love Jesus with all of your heart, you guys, his specific will... That particular thing that he wants for you, I'm convinced it will happen. He'll just lead you right to it. Augustine said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and then go do whatever you want. And it's so true. Because when you're loving God with all of your heart, you're going to do what he wants you to do. His will will be a natural byproduct of that. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. You guys, as you take hold and you are truly gripped by the crucifixion, by the fact that Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, became a man and he was crucified and he took the sin of the world upon himself. When you're gripped by the gospel, it brings gladness to your heart. It brings a confidence. It brings a desire to serve the Lord. You guys, it has to be, it has to be a response to the gospel. It can never be you trying to initiate. Jesus initiated. We respond. And how do we respond? Romans 12.1. In light of this, in light of all of the things that Romans talks about in the previous chapters, all of the goodness and grace of God, in light of this, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It's your reasonable act of worship. See, that's our response. But so often, and you know what? A lot of times, it's our fault as pastors. It's the church's fault. Because we give you the idea that you need to go initiate. That God's just sitting there waiting for you to show him how much you love him. And then he'll decide whether or not he loves you. And you guys, that's legalism. And it's wrong. He already demonstrated his love for you. He just wants you to respond to him. And so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. You guys, Jesus was the first missionary. He's our example. And as you think about what God's calling you to do, missions is not just around the world. Missions is right here in Prineville. There is a lost and dying world right here in this community. People that need Jesus and need him desperately. And you know what? They may not listen to me. They may never come through the doors of this church. But as you build relationships with them at your workplace, in your neighborhoods, and you love them, and you accept them, and you don't judge them, and you don't always try to fix them, you just pray for them, and you let God work in them, you know what? They'll listen to you. 
They'll ask you questions. Pray for opportunities. Pray for doors to be open that no man can shut. And give them Jesus. And he's your example. Because he was the first missionary. He stepped out of what was comfortable, of what was glorious, of what was normal for him. The beauty of heaven, the, the, the amazing fellowship that existed between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He stepped out of that. And he came to this earth, a foreign place. And he walked among us. And he became like us. And he had a heart for us. All of the key elements of what it takes to be a missionary, either across the world or right here. And he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. The, The way that Jesus was sent, he wants to send you. Are you willing? Are you available? And you guys, the time is never better than right now. It will never be better for you. I don't care where you're at in life. It's never better than right now. Because you'll always have an excuse. There's always something that will get in the way. And so if you think, well, I'll, I'll serve the Lord after this period of time, after the kids are gone, or after we retire, or, or after I, I get things under control at work, or you fill in the blank. You guys, if that's your perspective about serving God, then just let me tell you right now, you'll never serve Him. It's the same with giving. If you think you're going to give when you get more money, you're fooling yourself. You'll never give. I don't care if you become a millionaire. People say, oh, if I win the lottery, I'll give to the Lord. No, you won't. No, you won't. You won't give a dime of it to the Lord. If you're not giving the dollar you have now, you won't give a million. You'll never do it. And your time is the same way. If you're not dedicating time to the Lord now, I don't care if all of a sudden you didn't have to work. All of a sudden the kids aren't in the house anymore and you don't have to raise them anymore. You'll find something else to occupy your time because Jesus hasn't gripped your heart. When Jesus has gripped your heart, you guys, the circumstances of your life don't matter. They don't matter at all. You just want to serve him right where you're at. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And here's the key. And here's what so many of us fail to recognize is that as we step out to serve God, as we say, okay, Lord, I I want to serve you. I want to do your will. I want to do these works that you've prepared beforehand is that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by the Holy Spirit. And if you step out to serve God in your own strength, you will fail. And there will be no fruit. But as you receive the Holy Spirit, as Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, dynamic power, to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right there at home. In Judea, surrounding area. Samaria, the place you don't want to go. The people that you're not that fond of. The the people that have hurt you and have wounded you. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a, a neighbor that you just can't stand. Their dog poops in your yard every day. They don't do anything about it. Maybe they built their fence six inches over on your property line. I don't know. Weird stuff neighbors do, and we get all bent out of shape. People go to court over like six inches. I mean, come on. You know, what are you going to do with that six inches? Who knows who it is? Who knows who that Samaria is for you? But there are people that you can't stand. How do I know? Because I, I have them too. And God is calling us to reach out to them and to love them and to give them Jesus. And then he says to the uttermost parts of the world. The sky's the limit on who God wants you to serve. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus wants to give you that this morning.
And then he says something that is kind of confusing and it's super powerful at the same time. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Do you guys realize the responsibility that you've been given by the Lord? That you've been given the responsibility of being his ambassador to represent Jesus. And every day that you continue to tell yourself that somebody else will do it is another day where hundreds of thousands of people die and perish without Jesus Christ. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. You've been given that power to be an agent of forgiveness for the Lord, to spread the message of the gospel. And if you retain the sins of any, if you decide, you know what? I don't want to share the gospel with that person. I don't care to talk to that individual. I'm not going to forgive that person. And therefore, I'm going to limit my opportunity to minister to them. I'm going to continue to hate them, to despise them. When you do that, you're holding back the work that God wants to do in their life. You have an amazing, amazing privilege and responsibility. And so do I. But it isn't just me. See, so often we think it's, it's the pastor's responsibility. It's the church's responsibility. You guys, we are the church. You are the church. You're his minister. And he wants to use you to be an ambassador for him right here in this community. And next weekend, we have an amazing opportunity that, that we've afforded to you to serve the Lord. It goes way beyond Sunfest. But here's a, here's a large opportunity for you to serve the Lord. And I hope that you sign up and, and that you show up and that you desire to serve Jesus on that day. I'd love to see people just mingling through the park, talking to people, ministering to people, loving on people. You guys, here's your opportunity. And there are many, many more within the church and without the church to serve Jesus. And I hope that, that you step up to that. Not because you want to gain points, but because you realize how much Jesus loves you. And you want to respond to that. And you don't want anybody to miss out on that. And you realize the huge responsibility you've been given to bring forgiveness and the love of Jesus to a hurting world. And so you guys, we're going to have some people up here to pray with you. And, and maybe, maybe you've been struck by something this morning and, and, you, and you want prayer for that. Maybe you have a physical need and you want prayer for that. However we can pray for you will be available to. I hope that, that you've been encouraged and exhorted uh, in your ministry and in the good works that Jesus has for you. You've been listening to Pastor Ryan Couch of Calvary Chapel, Crook County. For more information, you can write to us at P.O. Box 378, Prineville, Oregon, 97754. Thanks for listening, and God bless.